Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020-20 Mastery Mission. 20 topics, 20 guests for 20 minutes. We're here to unlock the tribal wisdom from the legends of textiles to help you get one step closer to mastery. I'm Simon Kutis and I'm joined by my co-host, Oli Kune. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And we're absolutely delighted to welcome Andy White. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Guys, thanks for having me on. I am a huge, huge fan of the show. I think you guys have done so, so much for our industry, tech sales, um, bringing so much of the incredible thought that's kind of been not lost because the people that are lucky enough to work with some of the folks you have on the show get to benefit from their, their wisdom. But you guys have brought that to the mainstream. So yeah, brilliant. Love it. Oh, thank you so much, Andy. It's an absolute delight to have you on the show. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of your book. Um, this one particular has got God knows how much scribbles through it. But um, yeah, me, the team, and uh, we promote it heavily. So um, yeah, I think, you know, same back to you, Andy, you know, what you're giving back to the industry, having spent time writing this book and the content you're putting out is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, us personally as a business, it's had a huge impact on us. Um, but we know within the community, you're very well respected and regarded. So um, yeah, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show, Andy. Thanks, guys. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you have been a real tra trailblazer for this uh, for this topic. And, uh, you know, we can reciprocate and say we are we are truly fans. So it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, for, for, uh, by way of an introduction, you are the author, host and founder of uh, Medic.com. And uh, as Ollie's just uh, just demonstrated, you are the author of one of the most important books, I believe, for anyone that, you know, is in the community in, 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 in this in this space. Um, it, it is a real, real um, staple of, uh, you know, for, for any bookcase. So uh, do kind of check that out. We have 20 minutes. Um, yeah. Can you just introduce your topic, uh, Andy? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can, for those that are not listening on a podcast, you might be able to see behind my head, I have a, a neon light that says, nobody regrets qualifying out. And this is something I've been saying probably for the best part of five or six years now, because it, it occurred to me that in our industry, we're really focused on qualification. It's normally the first thing we think about when an opportunity comes up. But it seems to me like we, we, we seem to we work so hard to get opportunities that there's almost like this reluctance to qualify out. And one of the things I've I kind of learned earlier in my career was, if you go to qualify out, only, only good things happen, right? Because the first, there's, there's basically two outcomes if you go to qualify out of an opportunity. And by the way, when I'm, I'm thinking about qualifying out, this is based on you kind of realizing that, that you know, through your gut, through evidence based on things like medic, that you shouldn't be in this deal. And so if you go to qualify out in that situation, one or two things happen. The first is the customer agrees with you, right? And they say, you know, thanks, thanks, Andy. Yeah, we, we tend to agree. And, you know, let's perhaps pause this project. We'll come back to it later in the year or not at all, right? Which is a good thing, right? It's a, you know, it, it saves us wasting time on, on an opportunity that we can't win. The second thing that happens, and, and this happens more frequently than not, and I, I've been joking with people, but I'm actually, well, people think I'm joking. I'm actually serious that um, when you go to qualify out, uh, the, 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 the other thing that happens is customers won't let you. And what I've been joking about is that um, the second book I'll do is a coffee table book and it will just be screenshots of me 
trying to qualify out of opportunities and customers not letting me. So I'm sort of saying, hey, this doesn't seem like a priority for you. And the, you know, the page one will be me saying that. Page two will be the customer saying, no, 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 hang on, no, this is a priority. And page three will be the DocuSign. Because every time I try to qualify out of an opportunity, so frequently the customers won't let me. So my, my topic's really about qualifying out, but you know, one of the things that I've realized is our industry really gets qualification wrong. We, we don't seem to think about it. What I think is the right way. Amazing. It's, it's an, as I said, it's an incredible tool, but I think for the, the, the purpose of, you know, you know, our audience, um, 90, probably more percent, um, are, are going to be big fans and, and we know that they all use this methodology as such, but you know, can you start from the beginning and tell us what medic is and, and what it's not? Yeah, sure. Well, the, the important thing to think about when it comes to medic is is how it originated, right? So as we know, you know, inside of PTC, we're talking over 25 years ago now. And PTC effectively, Dick Dunkel was, was flying around the world meeting PTC salespeople and was looking at running this exercise called why do we win, why do we lose, and why did it all slip? And basically what he saw in the answers wherever he went, whatever PTC team he worked with, he saw six commonalities in the answers to, you know, if you had these things positively, you won a deal. If you were missing one of these six things, it even meant that you lost your deal or your deal slipped. So what they did, um, you know, the team of like Dick Dunkel, you know, legends in the industry, Jack Napley, John McMahon, and, and so many of the people you've had on your show, what they what they're able to do is basically compound these six commonalities into an acronym that we now know and love as medic, right? And and for those that are thinking, wait, I thought it was MedPick, it's it's evolved a little bit. So we've added another C and another P and some people add other letters as well, and that's that's totally cool too. So that's kind of how it that it's important to know how it started because you, what we effectively doing is reverse engineering how customers buy or don't buy right so that i think is one of the many reasons why it's proven to be so successful over time um, and so what it really is is a framework that helps in my mind keep salespeople on the front foot i think that if i think about myself without medic i have like this i don't have this like confidence around my deals so i'm kind of like i'm trusting my gut what medic does is it, it gives me a framework with keeping on the front foot the best way i like to describe it the easiest way I, I think can help people understand it is that in sales there's typically three pillars of things that are really important for a good salesperson to focus on the first is value right we all understand the, the you know the how important value is the second is stakeholders. And of course, stakeholders relates back to value. I think that sometimes people think about stakeholders just being like, who do we need to know? You know, we need to know who's who and who, what, like, what are the levels of authority? But actually, not, it's not just about authority and you know, um, how they make decisions, but actually, how does each pers different person care differently about different parts of the value as well? And then the third part is the one I think that we probably don't focus on enough is the process. But if I just say to you, you know, good salespeople focus on value, stakeholders and process, that's like quite zoomed out, isn't it? It's like, you can imagine having a deal review with someone and saying, well, how's, you know, what you're doing for value? What are you doing for, for stakeholders? What are you doing for process? It's too, it's too zoomed out. So what Medic does, it, I think it zooms in just the right amount to keep the conversation, keep the deal focused on the right things around value, stakeholders and process. Your, your question also asked what I think medic is not. Simply put a checklist. The, the worst examples I see of people using medic is where they use it as a checklist. Because first and foremost, there's, there's two major issues here. The first is if you're using it as a checklist, it's you're retrospectively using it. You're using it after the, after the event. 
So you're looking back, have I got a champion? Hmm, let me think, no, well, what do you do? You, you're already on the back foot at that point, rather than going into a meeting looking for that champion, right, as an example. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a major issue with it. The second major issue is that the number one beneficiaries of Medic are the salespeople themselves. Of course, supporting roles and teams get loads of benefits as well, um, but the main beneficiaries are the salespeople. But if you make it into a checklist, it feels like admin and therefore your your the sellers aren't going to love it they're going to feel like oh this is just another thing i have to do and they're not going to get the full love and benefit for it that those that truly understand it will truly see what it's for so when done well so i mean that's really really insightful and i think straight away you know you can really start to to see how some companies do this in the right way a lot of you know I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what medic is and what medic isn't. And um, it's really good to kind of get to, to, to kind of grips with that because I think this is a really important part. But when done really well, what kind of effect can this have on someone's career? Yeah, great question. So I think, I think the first thing to say here is it's going to it's going to make people more successful. But for the reason it's going to make people more successful is for a number of reasons. One is that first and foremost, and most importantly, being on the other end of a medic sales process or a sales process using medic is a great experience for the customer. If you think about zooming back out again, so focusing on value, focusing on stakeholders and focusing on the process, being on the other end of that is going to be a professional experience, which means, you know, Tick number one, the customers are going to like working with you, which means they're going to be more willing to in get, in, introduce you to other people. They're going to be more willing to open up and build a business case. Um, if you're, they're going to be more willing to working with you to accelerate the process, to make the process more efficient. So that's like the first win there. So you're just going to come across more professional. And of course, professional coming across professional increases trust which has you know, a, 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 a force multiplier effect of everything else you do thereafter will be more impactful to the customer for all the right reasons. So that's kind of the, the first benefit is, is just how your customers will perceive you. The second is that you're going to be better at portraying the value you provide because not only are you going to be more articulate with it, but you're going to be able to talk to more stakeholders about it, which means your deal size is going to go up, more stakeholders involved, find more pain, find more value, you create more urgency, which would mean the deals close quicker. So straight away, you're like, customers like you more, the uh, the deals are going to be bigger and close faster. Um, and then third, like, it, as an individual, it what, what, it, what it's going to do is it's going to um, make you more efficient. It's going to help you identify the winners and the losers in your pipeline, which means you can do you can double down on the winners and qualify out of the losers, which is just going to again compound because you can have more time to spend on the good deals and let, waste less time on the bad deals. So as like a, as a as an individual, this is kind of what it can it can do for you in like that sort of uh, zoomed in perspective. As you zoom out, you think about if you're a sales leader managing somebody like that, it's a dream, right? The, the people often will relate medic to forecasting and forecast accuracy and they'll say it's a forecasting tool that's rubbish it's that's that's not what it's about it's don't get me wrong you're going to be a much more accurate forecaster if you use medic but that's just the byproduct that's just because your your pipeline's healthier you've got a better uh, understanding of where you stand so what that means if you're a more accurate forecaster for your career is is going to be awesome because it's just going to mean that everybody you know you call it you're going to close it on time for the right amount. And, every, you know, that that's just going to, you know, if you imagine you're a sales leader and you know somebody who delivers like that, 
they're you're going to be the first person that gets the call of the you know the awesome opportunities the kind of opportunities that you guys uh, are uh, representing right you, you know you know the people i'm talking about that uh, that get those calls so so andy obviously um the the importance of good qualification you know I, uh, there are lots of you know lots and lots of benefits and i think we've really touched on on some of those fundamentals but I suppose a big question is, is how how do you qualify how do you qualify yeah well it's a good question i think the th this is how i think about qualification and this is why i think so much of our industry gets qualification wrong i think our industry from you know from legacy of bant and legacy of like um more narrow more broad software so you know if you think about today we don't just have financial software or erp software and um, uh, marketing software we're, we're sort of four or five layers in from that we're categories galore right and so most of our customers don't know what it is that our solutions do they may have a high level idea but we still qualify like they know exactly what it is that we do Right. And so we'll en we're entering into these engagements and call qualification, basically figuring out if they, you know, they got some money to spend on this. Have they got the authority? Do they even need what I'm selling and what's their time frame? When in reality, often they don't know what it is that we're selling. So how do they know that they need it? And therefore, you know, most I think about my career um, carrying a bag. It wasn't you know, the best deals I ever did were the ones where there wasn't a budget, where I created the budget. Those are the, the, the those are the best deals that I ever did for, for a whole number of reasons. So the idea of having a budget and the idea of going into that engagement and trying to figure out if someone has authority, all of those things are a horrible experience for the customer, right? They're not that that first off, being on the other end of that, being on the receiving end of being qualified like that is a horrible experience. Secondly, you don't learn anything. Right. They're just like you're almost being sort of qualified from a perspective like that. The, the salesperson sizing you up. Can I get off of this call and create an opportunity? So the SDR gets paid and I get some more pipeline in my funnel and my, my boss gets off my back. That's not qualification. Qualification at a professional level is where you enter into an engagement with the customer to evaluate whether there is enough value in what you can bring to the customer that is going to make it worth not just your while but the customer's while to enter into what is in our industry a average three or six or nine or sometimes even over a year long sales cycle right so we're looking to see is there enough pain here that my solution can solve that i can provide enough value that's going to get this customer to, to to come to the table and enter into a mutual exchange of value so we can help you know help them and they can help us to evaluate our solution and if the you know if there's not enough pain or there's not enough value you can provide then then it's not qualified or even if there is enough pain and you're like you're thinking wow this customer would be mad not to work with me but the customer is just not up for it and, and you know it's not just that you know the customer is not as smart as you are it could be that they've got a backlog of it projects as long as your arm right there's a whole load of reasons but if that customer's not willing to to engage with you then that's another reason you should qualify out so that for me is what good qualification is all about it's about bringing you know mutual qualification but it always starts with value it always has to start with getting to the bottom of is there enough value for this to be worth both of our while to enter into as i say what is a multiple month project how much of that is hypothesis versus discovery good question so for me uh i don't want to just come and stand here and say oh you know we get all this stuff wrong but i do think that um having having been on the other side of some discovery processes lately and let me tell you like one of the funniest things about being you know 
a company called Medic is that uh, everyone wants to like thinks that they they're going to do a really good job of Medic, but actually when companies don't use Medic, it's a it's a pretty tricky experience if they don't know how to do it properly. And so what I find when I'm I'm being you know in in uh, on the customer side of discovery is that it's like it feels like an interrogation. Right. It feels like I'm just being asked questions. You know, what keeps you awake at night and who else cares about this? And what does it mean if you don't solve this? And I'm like, answering those questions is, is, is not fun for me. I'm not learning about your product. So I have a different view on discovery that you have to kind of earn the right to 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 get the customer to open up to you because it's it's not people ask me all the time. Have you got some good medic discovery questions I can ask? And I'm like, no, there is no script. Right. If you're scripting it, you're doing it wrong. So I think about it like this. This is kind of how we how we kind of inform people they should do it. You should go into that first meeting where you're you're in discovery mode and you should be able to very, very quickly, incredibly inform the customer about what it is your solution does for them. And of course, the people listening to me go, well, that's a catch 22. I can't I can't figure out what the customer needs until I've asked them some discovery questions. You're absolutely right. And that's why it's so important you do your research up front and you look at your existing customer base and you try and understand what are the use cases that this customer is likely to, to be interested in and what's the value of, of those use cases to this customer. And that what the value is, by the way, is, is really simple. It's like, what is the situation before they implement that use case? So what's like the, the nightmare scenario, the, 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 the bad state that they're in? And then what's the what's the utopia state after they implement your solution and, and implement that use case? And what's the delta between the two? That's where you find the metric. Um, and that's where you can start to get customers to kind of think, okay, I can see, I can see where the value here comes. And then because you're talking, they think you're talking their language, they see that you have credibility. You haven't gone in and um, what Jack Napoli would say is called their baby ugly, right? We do that a lot in sales where we'll go in and we'll we'll say, oh, you know, I was on your website and I see that you've got this thing happening and, ooh, that's bad, isn't it? And the customers there are going like, wow, I've only just met you and you're, you're criticizing my business. And that, you know, they're not going to open up and tell you anything else about their business, are they? They're just going to close up. This way, you talk about somebody else's ugly baby and they're like, well, okay, I'm not the only one with an ugly baby. I always get into this analogy and then think like stretching the ugly baby thing too far. So I'll move on. But you know what I mean, right? <laughs> I, think the, yeah, I think moving on from the ugly baby analogy, uh, I, I think there is a really important point here is that, um, you know, and, and it's interesting how straight away we're talking about qualification and and you know, we start going into discovery and we can kind of see how this whole qualification, this whole kind of might, this is a mindset. And I think this is really important. And I just want to talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, what, what it is and what it isn't. I think the mindset and the belief system is actually essential to be able to really propel this and execute this in the right way. If we can go there. Yeah. And I think mindset's a really great way of putting it. I, I think that one of the, um, one of the things about being a great qualifier um, in the sense that I think about it that doesn't get talked about enough is we talk about the positivity of being like more efficient, picking the right opportunities, being, you know, doubling down on the right ones, all that good stuff that I've talked about. One of the other um, effects is in the mindset, as you say, but it's how that mindset comes across to the customer. Now, if you're somebody that, that only enters, as I said before, only enters into engagements with the customer where you're saying, hey, like not only I'm going to be looking to see if there's enough value I can provide to, to, to this, to you, for it to be both, both our while, but also I'm going to expect you to be working closely with me on this project. And if you're not, no worries, I've got 10 other customers like queuing up to, 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 to work with me. I'm, I'm that busy. That tells the customer, you know, not that you say it like that, but that, that, that aura, that persona tells the customer, oh, okay, 
this person must have some real genuine value to offer. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so happy to just you know walk away. And so the it's almost like FOMO. The customer the customer picks up on that subconsciously or consciously, depending on how forward you are with it. And therefore, it's kind of almost like a magnet effect. It, it pulls the customer more towards you. So that is something that I think is is really really um, an unspoken value that that comes around being great at qualifying. Um, and of course, the other part of that as well is that if you're qualifying well and you're only picking the opportunities where there's you know really good engagement and I'm not saying you're going to win them all but it looks like there's a good opportunity for you to do your best work then that allows you to do your best work but you know being uh, in our industry i think sometimes when we think about elite sales people we we think that it's some sort of you know god-given talent that there's like sports people like you know a basketball player like we think about you know basketball players being seven foot tall or something like that and sales people must have this sort of innate talent that makes them great the elite sales people i don't think that i think anybody can be an elite salesperson sure there's personality traits that are going to make, make it a bit easier for you but for me if you think about it if you talk to you know if you think about all the elite sales people you know and you guys will know hundreds if not thousands there will be a, a, a criteria of things that are all related to how they apply themselves to their selling. And those things you cannot do if you don't have the time to do them. So, Andy, this is the, the, the part where we, you know, we really kind of um, ask you to share some kind of practical things for our, our listeners and our viewers to really try. So, you know, what, 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 uh, what recommendations would you um, make? Yeah, well, I think um, I've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but just to kind of, you know, complete the, the thought here, the thing I'd, I'd, I'd ask people to try is this, to look at for the next meeting they've got coming up, a meeting that you're looking forward to, if you're an IC or someone, if you're a leader, you know, work, work on this with someone in your team. The meeting you're coming up, if it's a meeting you're excited about, you know, you haven't met the customer yet, but it's a, it's a, it looks like a good opportunity from, you know, outside in. Spend some time thinking about, right, what do I think are going to be these customers' pains? What do I think the, 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 the pain that this customer is likely to have? And then look, think about that from a perspective of what other companies have you worked with um, who have had those pains that you've solved them for? It has to be relevant. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same industry. So if it's a retailer, it doesn't have to be a retailer, as long as the use cases kind of align or the pain aligns, right? And, and think about a number of those um, examples of where you've helped people, where you think the story of how you've helped people would be relevant to the customer you're going to meet with and think about it from a perspective of being able to tell it from a story perspective so this was the situation before they worked with us this was kind of the nightmare state the the bad things that were happening and you know really kind of want to dig into the pain that they had because that will evoke you know pain in your prospects mind because they'll be living it vicariously through the story right which we all know storytelling is much more powerful than just reading off of slides so the first thing storytelling there the second thing is you're showing you've done your research because you're going into that opportunity saying hey i've done some research here the third thing is about reference selling it's about credibility right because you can only if you're talking about an existing customer's reference selling i've already talked about not calling customers baby ugly so you're, you're not doing that by talking about somebody else's uh, problems they have and what all this is going to do this is conversational this approach what this is going to do is going to hopefully lead into conversation that allow you to kind of see whether this is relevant is the are these are the sorts of challenges that you're seeing right and then you can kind of then once you've 
once you've really done that, you've implicated pain, you've talked about the value you get from solving that pain by, by, by proxy of another customer, you can then kind of try and pivot into saying, okay, well, that's that customer and that's the value they got. How about we dig a bit into your situation? So you look at their numbers, you know, you look at their pain and you try and, you know, and, and depending on the type of sale you have, depending on the type of product you have, complexity and stuff, will depend on whether this happens in one meeting or this could this can sometimes happen over multiple meetings. But the idea is you want to like pivot from talking about somebody else's situation to talking about theirs and using their real metrics, their real numbers, their real problems. So what you actually end up with is kind of the high level beginning of a business case for that customer, which of course is going to help them to qualify whether you can bring value to them. It's going to help them to get buy-in from other people that they want to bring into the conversation because they'll be able to really clearly articulate what value you can bring, either by the personal value you've attributed to your solution for them or by retelling the story about how you've helped somebody else. So this is like a great way of um, using, um, the, what you're using here, by the way, is you're using the, the uh, implicate pain in medic you're using metrics you're probably using decision criteria to talk about how you do these things um, and of course you'd be talking about other stakeholders as well so it's a great way of using that to, to open up the conversations the great thing about this is this extends to SDRs and BDRs as well they can use the same thing in their outreach and it can it can go all the way through the sales process because as new people come into the mix who don't have the context of all the stories you've told before you can use those metrics to very very quickly bring the new or on side into exactly what it is that your solution is going to do for them. So that for me is a, you know, and the point here is being on the other side of this for any, any stakeholder is going to be a good experience. You're going to be, it's, it's going to feel consultative. It's going to feel like you've done your research rather than just peppering them with questions. So that would be a, a tip that I'd really recommend people try and the feedback, I mean, it's how I sell, but the feedback from, you know, we've got literally thousands of, of customers that have been through our programs um, who, you know, who say that this is, this is kind of revolutionizing the way in which they go to market amazing just i think that's a really great great summary and, and, and a really good place to kind of reflect I, I i think what i've enjoyed most about the session today andy is that we, we've really started to kind of mm. grapple with a lot of the misconceptions of medic you know i think sometimes medic can be considered this binary checklist or this you know and, and even if you interpret this kind of the the, the qualification it's not whether or not there is a deal or there isn't a deal there it's about qualifying whether or not i can find value and it's about really going in and, and going through the discovery with the intent to find value not qualifying whether there is something or there isn't something and it's not about this binary you know i have a i have a forecast or i have a, a tick box it's a process and I think what I've again you know just really reflect on your last comment I think what you've done really exceptionally today is, is help us understand the lens of a, of a customer what 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 does that intent how does that then land how do you then receive that as a customer as, as your experience on the receiving end of that how does then medic generate such amazing results well it's because it, it's it's driven by that intent to find value and i think that that is a kind of a real key that unlocks a lot of the success here so again i want to say a massive thank you to you for really taking the time to talk to us today it's a real kind of privilege and honor and as i said we're, we're, we're big fans so i'm really happy to have you uh, on the show today thanks guys it's been great fun i've enjoyed it
sellers you know could be seen as cheating a customer to buying into technology but actually it's quite the opposite you know you're you know anybody using you know medic you know is going to walk away from this if they're unable to add value and true value to to your business so for all customers that are listening i think that's a, a really important takeaway as well but you know jokes aside um obviously you've given us an absolute you know great um you know overview on what your book is but you know for for all of our listeners um you know i'll ensure that there's a link below to where you can go and buy andy's book um strongly recommend it um as i said we've 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 we've, we've heard fantastic things about it and we've seen and we've and we've also read it ourselves so um really appreciate you coming onto the show and um sharing some of um that wisdom with us today and giving us a bit of a snippet into um you know what more medic can provide so thanks ever so much but to all of our listeners thank you so much for listening thank you for tuning in please do subscribe to our various channels itunes spotify and itunes spotify and youtube um i'll ensure all the links are in the blow uh, links uh, sorry all the uh, links are in the <laughs> description below we'll get there eventually um and yeah thanks ever so much again for listening mm-hmm.